Why, just a few minutes ago, I was sitting over there wishing to meet up with a cute little bunny carrying an egg, and voila, here you are. Magic! You believe me, don't you? You trust me, don't you? I'm very trustworthy, Jack. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the IWMP podcast. My name is Ian Porter. And I'm Matthew Porter. He's my dad, I'm his son, and I've taken over once again. And this one is in part because this is something that is dear to my childhood and is connected to the the season currently coming up. This is an Easter special, so I guess that makes this our Easter special of an episode. That's right. It's our Easter special about an Easter special. Exactly. It's a meta special. Meta special. Uh, this, this one's a bit of a fun one. It's, it's short, honestly. I think our podcast episode might wind up going longer than the show oh, itself here. I, I think that's a safe bet. Most likely. So this it's, is something you could fire up and take a look at. It, within the time frame it takes us to talk about it. The podcast episode's duration, though, is not going to come near our cumulative time spent watching this brief Easter special, because we have watched it so many times over the last decade and a half. Yeah, at least once a year, sometimes twice. I think one time I watched it four. <laughs> so yeah, you're, you're, you're taking over. You're I'm striking back. I'm taking over, and this is the first Easter egg. It was produced in 1997 by Perennial Pictures, and I never actually saw it when it came on TV. Apparently, it aired in 1999 on Fox. Yeah, I think that it was earlier than that that we had it on VHS. We got it on VHS in between the time it finished production and it was released on video. We actually watched it before it came onto TV. Oh, before, but between the production and the TV broadcast, I we got it on VHS? I think we got it think in 1998. So. Because we, yeah, we, and we do have the VHS, and we have dug up our VHS recorder, so our VHS player, VCR, some uh, years, just to plug that into a TV so we could watch the first Easter egg. Now, it's available for streaming on Amazon, so we've also got it there. <laughs> There well, we've got to watch this at least once a year, if not many times. There was at least one time I remember at the... I'll pull out the v, the VCR. We'll watch the first Easter egg, and then Ian will go to bed, and I'll watch The Matrix. And that has tied those in my mind in some way. <laughs> and I love that fact. The first Easter egg is, on the surface, an extremely generic holiday special animated feature. It will break you of that idea very quickly, and I love the fact that it does. Because this is a show without a fourth wall. It, ki- it ignores that fourth wall pretty swiftly, I think, because it. our main character's name is One. O-N-E, because his mom ran out of names for all the bunnies. Yeah, One is a little bunny rabbit. One, one <laughs> is our little bunny rabbit protagonist, and... If, if if the if the style of our narrator with the very classic my goodness how many how many animated features start with opening a book more than you would want yeah this one does as, does as well but it does the it does the classic start with a book and the narrator telling you about the the life of our main character to start out with and then he just turns and talks to the narrator mid introduction yeah half of the the 
I'm going to say movie. It's classified as a movie because it was released on video before it was released, uh, before it was broadcast. Half of this movie is dialogue between our protagonist, one, the money rabbit, and the narrator. This omniscient narrator with this dry, dry response to the craziness he's watching. He's an omniscient narrator, and he's a narrator that has limited patience yes. in his own characters. <laughs> Absolutely. And one has the dilemma of attempting to get a a gift for his mother because she always gets them such wonderful gifts at Christmas. Right. Even though there are so many of them and they don't have a whole lot of money or whatever the currency is in the woodland uh, among the creatures there. She always gets them something nice for Christmas, and she's always so nice to them and takes care of them. He wanted to thank her by getting her something special. And he winds up waiting all the way till Easter, which puts this absolutely immediately after that ignored ticking clock on how fast this needs to happen. (laughs) But the, the premise itself is merely a through line that they can then string these beads of segments onto. These these little tiny vignettes, because there's distinct little chunks to this film. It all fits one long narrative of what happens to one and what he winds up with when he gets back. Yeah, it is somehow it is it is somehow extremely narrative driven. It's got a plot, and the protagonist has a goal, and obstacles show up to get in the protagonist's way. I'm not going to get all Joseph Campbell on this, but I'm going to say a break. it's it's pretty straightforward hero's journey in its way, and yet. Every single step of the way, every little tiny crevice they can, they cram jokes into it. And these are not jokes for the little kids you would expect this show to be aimed at. These are jokes for the parents. The animation will keep the kids entertained. And it's very well done animation. It's classic backgrounds and clear cells. Uh, plenty of reused assets, I'll admit. There's, there's a couple of facial expressions that they go back to. There's plenty of static character talking. But it's well done. It is. It 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 is as if it didn't just hit upon that because it didn't have budget to do anything else. I'm sure budget was a consideration, but it shows that as an aesthetic. It's got this aesthetic of 1960s cheap cell animation holiday special, which makes some of the humor that comes throughout it even better because you don't expect to see it in this context absolutely the 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 style makes it fit right alongside these other shows but then the the words coming out are because the people who used to watch those have grown up to this point and so i was then introduced to this because my grandma sent me and some of my cousins vhs copies of this movie and it, it looked generic we popped it in and i just I just remember our jaws hitting the floor and us quoting this thing. We haven't stopped quoting this thing since we put it in that first time. And you are so young. I'm not even sure that you remember clearly the very, very first time we watched this. But I can tell you there were plenty of instances during that first viewing when Mrs. Darling Wife and I just turned and stared at each other for a moment. Like, are you, are you hearing what I'm hearing? Is this as weird? <laughs> As as uh, as I think it is, because I'm a big fan of things that are ostensibly kids shows and yet have jokes and background references and things like that, which are going to keep 
the parents entertain while they watch these with their kids. At some point, Ian, you and I are going to talk about uh, the classic Rocky and Bullwinkle and Jay Ward cartoons, which are good examples of those. But the first <laughs> Easter egg is different. The stuff in the Jay Ward cartoons was mostly clever little references and puns that would go over the heads of the kids and be meaningful to the adults. There's something edgier and more bitter, and I don't want to say darker, but yeah, maybe darker in the subversive humor of the first Easter egg. There's something that I thought this was British at first. I'm amazed that this is an American production out of Indiana, because I would have sworn this was written by a British like writer t- team, just because it's got that sort of dry wit to it at times that sort of weird like let's look at this from a 45 degree angle to what we'd usually do (laughs) yeah i i I was trying to think i I was trying to understand what you meant at first but now i'm starting to think like you know mitchell and webb and some of that kind of british slightly creepy humor a little bit of wallace and gromit's kind of not quite, but a, a, a touch of what's in there at times. Yeah. They, they they do a little bit more physical comedy stuff, but it's got that same sort of tilt to their world. Right. I wouldn't say Wallace and Gromit is quite as dark as this sometimes. Yeah, this gets, gets dark. But yeah, there's something in terms of the tone of the sense of humor. There's a similarity there. Well, one, we're, we're describing this as dark, but it's hard to really put into words. One of the first people that won, and that will get confusing, they do that intentionally. They'll mess with you. One of the one, things one runs into is the is a apple orchard. One of the first places he goes, and he meets Hobnob and Robin. Right, because he's on the lookout. The, the um, One wants to get the ingredients for a wonderful Easter dinner. An Easter feaster! <laughs> yes. And after discussing this with the narrator a bit, he goes off looking for it. As you say, he runs into Hobnob and Robin at the apple orchard. He's there trying to climb a tree. And Hobnob and Robin's immediate interaction is to say that you can't python death squeeze a tree that big. Try killing that sapling over there. You could do that with just your hands. They're trying to kill that tree. No, I'm trying to climb up. The old python death squeeze. Take it from me. Start with something smaller, like that sapling over there. Bet you could choke that with just your fingers. Wait a minute, what? That kind of sets the tone. Yeah, there's no question as to whether or not you're attempting to commit murder. It's just suggestions about how to do it more efficiently, <laughs> and that actually kind of continues. Yes. Yeah. That's that's not the last time we ha- we have that kind of reference. There is never any single panel or scene i could not show to a young child there are plenty of things that will go over a young child's head word wise and that is the wonder of this the entire hobnob and robin thing gets weird and is almost patter talk like at times with how fast he moves right and you know that's one of the differences between this and the kind of jay ward stuff i was talking about before the jay ward the stuff there to entertain the adults is going to be caught by the adults but go over the head of the kids. The subversive and weird stuff in the first Easter egg, that's going to be comprehensible to a kid. This might explain me a little. A little kid watching this is going to understand what's happening or what's being suggested when the Robin tells the little bunny, why don't you start with that sapling? You could choke that with just your fingers. (laughs) 
<laughs> you're, ab- you're actually very right. The fact that I know this so well I could quote the entire thing <laughs> actually might say a lot about me. Because if we got this in 1998, that makes me... Yeah, I've I've been watching this for a little over two decades now. And I've known it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm watching. I think no, that for, can't can that be Yeah, that for, is for, for, yeah, yeah, for the for our audience. I just watched my father's eyes go wide yeah, and start to count on my fingers and say, he's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, and I've known how, I've been able to to say this thing by, from memory for 16 of those years. <laughs> so that says plenty. That's our biggest danger here is is to have this podcast episode not turn into just us reenacting the show because we know all the all the dialogue absolutely there's plenty of quotes i want i'm going to use at various points here oh sure but that's almost because as we're describing this as a narrative there are points here which are foreshadowing never expected foreshadowing in a kid's thing like this it subverts back on itself there yeah for a half an hour animated special it's a pretty well constructed narrative yeah because we learned hobnob and ramen is a construction worker he 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 does contract contract work and uh he will build you anything you want and anything you need as long as what you want and what you need is a bird's nest and every character is a kind of type hobnob and robin is this epitome of the engineer he likes to do things he likes to build things and he likes to challenge and he explicitly says i don't care why how is the fun part tell me what you need doing and i'll figure out a way to do it like getting a rabbit up a tree or getting a possum up a tree. And only after he's already started to make negotiations of to, as to planning this out and getting him up the tree, is it pointed out that there's no apples in the tree because it's spring. And Hobnob and Robin, continuing the murder theme, goes and suggests talking to the three pigs in that brick house over there about something called ham. Because ham would make a much better... Uh, Easter dinner than just apples. Go talk to the pigs. They know all about ham. Which, I mean, and every after every bit interacting with a new character, we get the narrator who explains a little bit about what's going on in the background here. Right. He doesn't explain what ham is until after one's interaction with the three pigs. And the three pigs are, they have been traumatized by... <laughs> Their ongoing attempts to avoid the big bad wolf. And we never see the big bad wolf. For all I know, he doesn't exist in this woodland. But these are terrified and paranoid pigs. My goodness, this is this is some of the best animated paranoia you will ever see. <laughs> it's the moment that the, the three little peepholes in the door slide open in sequence. And three absolutely identical pig heads heads peek out to look at this little bunny rabbit and then insist it has to be a wolf in disguise and there's one voice actor doing the voices of these three pigs they multiplex it and it, it eventually we go after one explains that he's the robin told him to come talk to you about getting some ham from mom's dinner they are freaking out and they're screaming into the telephone at the police saying everyone's a wolf i know it looks like an adorable bunny rabbit but that's just what he wants you to think. It's like, you know, the the most paranoid Art Bell listener <laughs> slash uh, you know, traumatized, uh, yeah, um, uh, emotionally traumatized victim. Just just cue up the X-Files theme on your phone yes. right there, because that's <laughs> they go absolutely out there. And uh, needless to say, that doesn't help one. 
No, but it is it's it's one of the funniest uh, interactions, and it, it it is also the reason why in this household. No one can say the word ham without this chorus of anybody else in the house shouting, ham, ham. <laughs> this is the sort of thing I will warn you now. If you if some of our listeners will take our advice at the end as to whether or not to watch something and some of them will watch something ahead of time and take a look before the episode. If to especially uh, if you're on our Patreon such and we post some lists early, you can take a look and get an idea. but. If you did watch this beforehand, or if you are considering watching this now, be forewarned, you will quote this. It is it is one of those things that is I've I have I have shown this to other people, and the quotes have immediately latched into their minds. It is mimetic in a way that I didn't expect it to be. And it feels it feels good to know that I'm not just that weird, that this show is that weird. <laughs> but it is also a powerful thing in that sense. It is. It is so well crafted and so well written in that sense. And and like I say, after this interaction with the pigs, then the narrator explains to the audience. He never does explain this to one. Explains to the audience what ham is and why that might upset these pigs when you start asking them for some. They are rather attached to their hind legs. <laughs> But and in the the continuing narrative, the the pigs suggest chicken or turkey, and they they list out the fact that it's leaner and low fat and better for you. The ham the the, the ham response is to list out the dietary facts. I guess it's a precursor to those um, uh, Chick Fil A ads. Kind of is, kind of is a Chick Fil A ad there. But this leads him to his next interaction. And you can see how this is all broken up into those chunks I'm talking about. But it keeps going. Each one leads him in some way to the next. Right. He he is on his quest. He encounters a potential solution or a potential object that he's looking for. That is a failure. And yet it leads him directly to the next uh, possible fulfillment of his quest. And all the while... We watch this bunny get traumatized again and again. Let's be very <laughs> honest. He, he he is very distraught and slightly a uh, slightly battered after his interaction with Hobnob and Robin. He is extremely frazzled after dealing with the pigs who yell and scream and go crazy. And now he's heading to the chicken house, which he just walks in and asks who would who would be willing to become an Easter dinner, which causes panic there. He just can't win. No. Well, you're walking into a place and asking who wants to die. Now, he's not going to the right places, though, because I've seen plenty of chicken joints and plenty of barbecue places that have a happy, smiling chicken or a happy, smiling pig inviting you to come in and eat members of their species for dinner. He just needs to find some of those suicide food restaurants and he'd be fine. But no, he doesn't. He just goes to the the, uh, the chicken coop and uh, does not meet with a, a very good reception to his suggestion that one of them become dinner. No. The fact that this is a world where one of those characters could exist, we just never see them, <laughs> is the scary part here. Yeah. That is the level of, like, background world that this implies. It would be in keeping with the tone of this thing. 
But um, he has a breakdown at that point, just crying out a a mid-episode summary of what's happened before. If you did not catch the start of this, which, what, was 15 minutes, you'll understand it again, because he will summarize it <laughs> mid-chicken coop, which actually convinces the remaining chicken in a fit of crying to help him. Not... <laughs> Not by volunteering, he asks. She says, I'm sentimental, not crazy. <laughs> Which is appreciated. But she does give him an egg. So that's a start. It's a start on dinner. Yeah, it's it's a something. Yeah. There are things you can make with eggs. So he's got something to start with, and he he's heading heading home or heading out to look for the rest of dinner. Yeah, they describe him as about a foot tall, and then he's got an egg that is approximately a third of his height. Yeah, it's about the size of his head, this that's egg a, that he's carrying. That's a big egg. Yeah. So yeah, he's he he he's got an egg that is quite large now and is wandering through the woods. And this is where one of my favorite characters comes in. As much as I love the rest of them, this is my second favorite character of this. It says it that I've got a second favorite and I've classified them in order. But Wicked Wendell Weasel. It's now, wonderful. Now, does this represent the underworld portion of our hero's journey, or is that the next person? He That's meets? next. That's the next. I, That's I, next. I think, I think, I think this right. might be a gatekeeper character. There you go. But yeah, this is not the underworld yet. We'll get there. But Wendell Weasel, being a weasel, wants that egg. Uh, he's wicked Wendell Weasel, but they point out that he, because the first, this is one of the times when I get to quote the show, because the first name was Dead Giveaway. He only goes by his middle. <laughs> completely weird background information but it's this that sets a tone immediately and he's this this weasel who wants the egg who's just this fast talking swindler yes he's he's a a quick talk con man wants those eggs wants to trade them for the magic beans that he was tricked into accepting in exchange for his cow Oh, and it does also, we see the fact that one, despite everything, does have a spine. I wanted the egg for my dear, sweet, frail, and weak, sweet mother who's starving. Cooker the beans. Cooker the beans, not a beet mist. I mean, like, well, that that's another moment where it's like, that is not the tone you'd expect out of this, but it is absolutely the response yeah. you want him to and, say and the one who stepped out of his little burrow door in that that morning would never have responded that way he's growing as a character he is growing that is as an odd point yeah he has he has gone through trauma and he has come come yeah. out harder but he manages to get his egg back from wendell fortunately i won't spoil the fun of how that happens but it's good yeah clearly we're spoiling some things it would be too easy to spoil everything so we'll we'll try to leave some surprises in here absolutely but this this leads him to to worry that the egg is fragile, so he needs a way to keep it stable to make sure that it doesn't get destroyed. And this leads him completely into the underworld. So this is his descent into the underworld. This is his descent into the, the underworld, where he meets Rinky Pink Flamingo, who is my goodness. This is a character. This it, 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 it's an it, it's a light Edwin impression. I can't tell. Yeah, it's definitely an homage to Edwin, this uh, this voice. Mm-hmm. This is a pink-obsessed flamingo, and this is where the required song comes in. An, an absolutely manic flamingo. Absolutely manic. The, 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 the eyes in two different directions and the, the creepy responses and the leaning in in directions. <laughs> uh, uh, a happy guy. A happy guy. Crazy. There is... 
there is something where if you've seen the more recent My Little Pony, there is some very toned down versions of this in the character of Pinkie Pie. In terms of that, I come from every direction. I've got the pink theme and I'm a little all over the place. Yeah, I can see that. I think you're right. But like, what what happens if you were to concentrate that character into into a single point? And that's that's what you get with Rinky Pink Flamingo, right. who and, uh, who and uh, a single musical number <laughs> and a single musical number who immediately has a boiling kettle and a stopwatch that is listing off how he could how he could cook the egg for for one the rabbit because he apparently spends all of his time making baskets and dyeing them and everything else he can get his hands on pink. He offers to dye one pink. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you sure you don't want to be pink? I've got a spray gun. <laughs> I will actually stand there and do the that he does with the spray gun with my own air compressor as my test. But I think about it every time. Hey, you always think, I've got a spray, spray gun. <laughs> every time. It'll do that to you. This show does that to you. And I love it for that. Uh. And the egg does get boiled. It right. does get solidified. Which is protecting it. But it is now pink because it was boiled in pink dye. And this uh, this shocks and distresses one for a bit. There's a very much like after he realizes it's pink and is, and is offered to be dyed pink, there's a stranger danger. Grab the egg. Grab a basket. Run. <laughs> kind, of, kind of interaction there. Just fleeing him. But this leads him to try to figure out what he can do now to bring his mother home a pink egg. Right, because it uh, it it doesn't. It's not the great dinnertime feast that he was going to bring her. Instead, he's bringing her a single pink egg in a basket. Yes, it's a decoration. And this this kind of was where the the pace picks up weirdly, because they have to get. They've got like what eight minutes? No, no five yeah, minutes they, left. They, they cram a whole lot of resolution into that last act. Yeah, but he has to figure out what to do with the rest of the egg, so he paints the rest of it to make it less pink. And he's got some artistic talent here going on. He he makes a lot of patterns and designs on this one egg, mm-hmm. but presents this to his mother, and she loves it. And then it's a whirlwind from there, as everyone else wants to come see the egg and now everyone wants the egg and suddenly they're throwing newspaper headlines at you <laughs> about the fact that he's started a business he's become this this entrepreneur and built this enormous enterprise which involves the the laying and collection and decoration and delivery of easter eggs every single year him and his entire enormous family of siblings at least at least greater than 26, assuming the mom only gave one name per letter, but probably a <laughs> lot more than that. Yeah. But this gets him the name The Easter Rabbit, which is a nice little twist, nice little thing there. But every single character he's run into becomes a part of this. He has Rinky Pink Flamingo doing the egg colorization. He convinces and him to do it. And the baskets. And making the baskets. He convinces it to do it non-pink. <laughs> uh, he's got the chickens laying eggs for him. He's got Hobnob and Robin and an entire workforce of other builder Robins building him this giant factory. It, okay, it's a giant basket-shaped factory. 
And I'm trying to remember the basket company that actually has one of those that went oh, up for sale. Longaburger. Longaburger actually has like this building that they then show in the background of this as a real thing. Yeah, they built this a giant basket-shaped headquarters in the, the great basket bubble of the 90s. They Good baskets, though. but they, Good baskets. They did not... Uh, they didn't survive to the point where they needed that giant basket-shaped headquarters anymore. So I guess one took it over because he's got that. He's got. Th- <laughs> we see all these headlines and magazine covers of him as he rises to fame very quickly. Right. It's good to have this on a medium you can pause so you can read some of those magazine covers and newspaper front pages. They, they, they've got some fun in them. But this just goes very fast to this climactic musical reprise ending about the fact that it's easter eggs and then it just kind of ends well yeah but it's it's not like it ends with anything unresolved it it wraps everything up and you kind of know where the success was even though it wasn't the success our hero set out for at the beginning he's come back to his people with new abilities and wisdom we actually are doing this assessment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a very tight narrative. Yes. And a very well, well-crafted 30 minutes of show. And we've warned you about there being dialogue in this that's going to latch itself into your consciousness and become part of your vocabulary. The songs, also, earworm. Oh, you're, yeah. You're going to be singing those songs to yourself if you watch this for quite a while. I am very, very distinctly not doing an ian attempts to sing segment here (laughs) and saving you from that because i know i couldn't do it justice and you really have to run into these in context if you watch well since this is a millennial strikes back episode i probably should be the one to do that but i'm not going to either (laughs) but we we have, we have now crossed the threshold. We are of course we are making an episode longer than this show, so you can <laughs> see how short this is. But it feels long. This is an instance where the length of screen time and the length of narrative don't feel the same. Right, and don't get us wrong; it doesn't feel long. As in, oh my goodness, when is this going to end? It's dragging on. It's more that it. You it, it it races to its end in a in a way, and then because of how much story they crammed into this, you think, what do you mean? That's that was only a half an hour long. Oh, there, there was a, a good hour worth of story there. How is this already? How 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 could we have watched this whole thing and it only be a half an hour later? And there's something that TV tropes describes as fridge logic. Where it's like when you're late at night going to get a snack from the fridge, it dawns on you something that was in the media you watched at only at that point after it's sat in your head long enough. Mm-hmm. I feel like this show is fridge dialogue because there are lines that I was like, wait a minute, that is what they say, isn't it? <laughs> like hours later, I'm like, they actually went there. Okay. Yeah, it, the the it, full it, import of don't give a hoot for why, how's the fun part, is one of those things that didn't strike me when I was first watching it. It was thinking about that afterwards. And it's like, oh, that's... He's like, you know, what Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park is warning against. <laughs> he absolutely is. And the, the, the chicken just perpetually finding new ways to, to balk cry at the, <laughs> at the story so far and one's plight has come into my head as this parody of overly dramatic scenes in all these times... And it's just shut down with the I'm sentimental, not crazy. (laughs) 
I love that. It is so accurate and apt. This is a core to how I have approached things because it it immediately has set this kilter in terms of world to narrative dis- dissonance. And I love that. And it's it's part of me now. And so being able to share it and remind my dad of it and bring it back to or bring it to you first uh, is something I love doing here. So, well, this was a good choice for a millennial strikes back because I well, having watched it again tonight. I can see the impact that it has had on you. <laughs> oh, it is a, a delightful little romp. And it's on Amazon now. You can get it on there. I think that's how we watched it this time. So it's not one of these pieces that has been made hard to obtain uh, after leaving the VHS uh, era. Yeah, I think it's got enough interest that it was put onto DVD and it's on streaming. So it's it's definitely available. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like we might be headed towards our final conclusions. I think so. I think there's only so much more we can say about this without spoiling absolutely every minute of it. I, I, I will. If if there is enough request, I would, in fact, just sit down and re-recite <laughs> this from memory. I can do that, unfortunately. If anybody on on our Discord comes into one of our channels and just drops a line from this, between the two of us, we will deliver in discord every single remaining line to the end of the show it's 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 just reflex at this point absolutely so i I think you can probably guess what our our ratings are but we're gonna have to do this properly so first question is uh binge or no binge yep or or screen or no screen screen or no screen is a movie is a movie i guess yeah uh yeah screen this screen this you, you've you've got to see this at least once, and if you see it once, it'll probably become a tradition for you as well. Absolutely, it is. It is a delightful thing. It is not so much time that you feel like it's gotten in the way of anything else. It's just fun. It's not something I'd suggest having on in the background. You got to pay a little oh, bit of attention yeah. because you will not be able to keep up if you don't. Yes, yeah, so much is so much of its enjoyment is in these little bits of snappy dialogue that. You, you've got to pay attention to it, and you will want to. We've we've seen it so many times, and yet putting it on tonight, once again, we were wrapped. We were focused on it because it is it is that compelling in its way. There were there's some animation wise. We described it only at the beginning, but it's this it's this classic early cell animation look. But it has some moments where it knows what to draw and when to show it, just in terms of like facial expressions of characters reacting back to what's going on as the audio continues it's it's well done right it's that kind of thing that makes me think this wasn't just a budget constraint this was also a choice to use that aesthetic and that idiom to tell this particular story Mm -hmm. because the 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 cuteness and the innocence implied by that style of animation it makes that subversive humor even more powerful when it when it comes along Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I definitely say watch this, and that leads us to a trickier question of this because our show always asks revive, reboot, or rest in peace. And I want to know what you think of this because I'm uncertain where I land. Oh, I'm I'm pretty certain on this that I have to answer rest in peace, just because this is so perfectly assembled and self-contained. I don't need, I certainly 
don't need a reboot. I don't need someone trying to make a new version of this from scratch. Why? You make it make something new, but don't try to remake this. And for revival, I don't know. I don't necessarily need another story about one or another story about his family or any of these other characters. I would be very interested in seeing more things by these creators, and maybe they're out there. We should look. Yeah, I've got I've got a list of their of their uh, filmography, and they're still making stuff apparently. So, and if they've got other things with this fun, weird, subversive humor to it, I would want to see them. I don't necessarily need them or want them to be continuations in the same continuity as the first Easter egg. So, I say rest in peace. Not as in, we've seen it, we can forget about it, as in, this doesn't have to be extended, this doesn't have to be changed, this doesn't have to be redone, let's just watch this one every year. We'll, we'll watch this one. <laughs> See, they, they, they name it that to mess with you, but yes, I'm with you. It There's part of me that I definitely want to see their other stuff. I kind of am hoping that there's some background reference somewhere in it. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that just because they they have so much fun at the end with setting up this world with this this potentially grander out, outside in the way he immediately takes off into this this magnate status but I don't need it and I just love this as it is and want to come back to it as it is I don't need more so I'm with you on rest in peace I think yeah but I definitely will take a look at their other stuff there are some characters I could see showing up in other stories. Like, I could see Wicked Wendell Weasel showing up as a character in some other weird story featuring these woodland creatures. And I guess technically that would make it a revival of the first Easter egg and that it would be part of the same continuity. But, you know, I that that's as close as I would want to see. I, d- I kind of wish that this was something that got big enough that I could, you know, get something of this on... Like I, I want, I want like a Hobnob and Robin soundboard though. I want weird <laughs> stuff. This is this is this weird fun thing. <laughs> I'd wear a shirt with this with the characters on it. It'd be fun. But yeah, that kind of brings us to the end here, and I I just love this show. Well, I'm glad you you chose it for your latest uh, Millennial Strikes Back and for our our Easter special for uh, the IMMP podcast. Absolutely. And for the IMMP podcast, where can they find you online? Uh, you can find me uh, at the website uh, www.matthewfporter.com. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at ByMatthewPorter. I can be found on YouTube as ItemCrafting, on Twitch as ItemCrafting Live, and on Twitter as ItemCrafting. And you can find the podcast itself at immproject.com and IMMPcast on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you, get some ideas, see if you've uh, watched this before you heard it from us, or if you watched it after, you know, throw quotes at us and see how we respond back, or suggest the your own uh, beloved holiday rewatch, like we rewatch this. Maybe you've got something that has a similar style or has a similar meaning to you. We'd love to hear about it. We would indeed, and you can reach us at any of those places. The website also has a contact page. It also has links to our Patreon, and thank you for anyone who has been uh, supporting us and helping uh, helping us continue to make the show. And it also has a link to our shop and a link to our Discord. We'd love to hear from you there. Yeah, chat with us there. It's a fine way to 
get to meet us as well as other listeners of the show. And I believe that's it from from me here. So you want to sign us off since I took over then? All right. Uh, thanks again. Happy, happy Easter and uh, find something old to watch. <laughs>